Good morning. It's Tuesday, November the 7th, in the year of our Lord 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, John David Walt. This is your wake-up call. Let's begin today in consecration before the Lord Jesus Christ. Deep breath. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, The Single Most Neglected and Desperately Needed Movement of the People of God Today. Our text is Acts chapter 13, verses 4 through 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. The Word of the Lord Now consider this. We see another sensational episode of the front story of the Acts of the Apostles. Paul boldly confronts a sorcerer 
resulting in his temporary blindness. It feels like a story right out of the Lord of the Rings. And for you Lord of the Rings fans, I'm thinking of the epic deliverance scene between Gandalf, Theoden, the king of Rohan, and Grima, Wormtongue. I believe it's in the final installment of that trilogy. There's a link in today's email if you want to watch it. Now, while we were are amazed and astonished at these great feats we see unfolding through the front story on the island of Paphos, we must keep the overstory before us. Remember Acts 1.8, you shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, away to the ends of the earth. We see the overstory narration in today's text. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down. Before the chapter is done, we will be back in the valley of the understory. The most important thing for us today is to dig deeper into the back story. We caught a glimpse in yesterday's text. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, I will not mince my words here, the single most neglected and most desperately needed movement of the people of God today, notably in the American church, is the movement of fasting. If we were to liken prayer to the skeletal system of the body of Christ, we would liken fasting to the muscular system. The lack of strength across so much of the body of Christ in this country and conversely, its burgeoning strength in places like China and Africa can largely be accounted for by the absence of fasting. Stay with me. The reason we don't fast is not because we are lazy and don't care. The reason we don't fast is because we don't understand what fasting is. As a result, We've practiced fasting in ways contrary to its essence and purpose and become frustrated and ambivalent about it. At least I can claim that as my story. There's a new story unfolding in my life as relates to fasting. Here is some of the shape of it. I used to think fasting was about food and self-denial. I'm learning it is about hunger and attunement to the Holy Spirit. I used to think of fasting as a spiritual discipline. I am learning it is a means whereby the Holy Spirit gains ever-deepening access to His sanctuary, our human bodies. I used to think of fasting as a heightened effort to get God to do something for us. I am learning fasting is a means whereby the Holy Spirit indwells His people to do something for Him in His stead and by His power. 
I used to engage fasting through the lenses of an Old Testament understanding. I am now learning fasting as conceived of in the mind of Jesus, as the new wineskin of the New Testament church, which alone can carry the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the single most neglected and desperately needed movement of the people of God today is not the movement from no or some fasting to more fasting. It is the movement from the old way of fasting to the new way, the Jesus way of fasting. So don't get down on yourself for not fasting and resolve to try harder to do it better. I can see no better way to ruin the upcoming holiday season, which is meant for feasting. What if instead we dug a deeper well into a richer understanding of this ancient practice of fasting as retrofitted by Jesus? I'm considering a wake-up call series on this matter of fasting and prayer for January. 2024. You in? Think your church would be interested? The prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. The question, what's been your practice and experience with fasting? Does it feel optional to you? Would you like to dig the deeper well of understanding it in the way of Jesus? Note your heart's intention in your journal today. And for our hymn today, we're going to sing a Charles Wesley hymn, one we probably don't know that well. It's called Soldiers of Christ Arise. Now, we will recognize the hymn tune. This is number 471 in our Seedbed Hymnal, our Great Redeemer's Praise, number 471. 
soldiers of Christ arise, the tune is crown him with many crowns. Dia Demata is the name of the hymn tune. Number 471, we'll sing all four verses. Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on. Strong in the strength which God supplies through His eternal Son. Strong in the Lord of hosts and in His mighty power. Who in the strength of Jesus trusts is more than conqueror. Stand then in his great might, with all his strength endued. But take to arm you for the fight, the panoply of God, that having all things done, and all your conflicts past, Ye may or come through Christ alone and stand entire at last. Pray without ceasing, pray, your captain gives the word. His summons cheerfully obey and call upon the Lord. To God your every want, in instant prayer display. Pray always, pray and never faint, pray without ceasing, pray. From strength to strength go on, wrestle and fight and pray. Tread all the powers of darkness down and win the well-fought day. Still let the Spirit cry, in all his soldiers come, till Christ the Lord descends from high and takes the conquerors home. Amen. What a what words are those? Pray without ceasing pray. Wow. Pray always pray and never faint. Pray without ceasing pray. You know the they say that there's power in prayer, but really that's a misnomer. There's power in God. There's power in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why we pray. In fact, that's even how we pray. I mean, there's a way of praying that just sort of depends on our resolve, our gutting it out, our trying harder to be more devoted, to be more persistent. That's the old way of praying and fasting, frankly. There's a new way of praying. This is why they came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. We we don't understand prayer. This is why Jesus went, they came to him and they wanted to say, teach us about fasting. And they actually did that. This is underreported, under-celebrated. 
disciples of John came up to Jesus one day. They said, listen, why aren't your disciples fasting? said, John's disciples fast, the Pharisees fast. Again, this is what they're really saying is teach us about fasting as you understand fasting. See, Jesus understands fasting and Jesus understands prayer differently than we see it understood and practiced in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. Jesus sees it in the new way. And what he's doing is he's taking an old way, an old practice, and he is retrofitting it as a new wineskin to contain the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's really, really fascinating. And I allude to it a little bit in today's wake-up call, of course, and it's got me wanting to, to just do a deeper dive with us together. And I'm looking at January, and I'd love it. I'd love it if we could, <laughs> if we could get a, you know, a hundred thousand saints and a ten thousand churches. Okay, I'm being grandiose here, but what? Think about what it could mean for our hearts, for our homes, for our churches, and our cities if we dug this well together. This would mean water for days. The water of the spirit flowing like a river. If we could grab a hold of prayer and fasting, not in the old way that really fits our human nature a lot better, but in the new way, that pray without ceasing pray. You know, that that just so often feels like you just need to you just not doing it right. You just need to try harder. You just need to do more. No, Jesus is blowing up that entire approach and he's doing something new. Well, gang, uh, it is Tuesday. And tonight, I want you to pray for our church in Gillette, Arkansas. We are having a men's revival. One of some of our men just came forward and said, let's have a men's revival. Man, they've planned the whole thing. I'll be part of it. But We've invited all the men from the Tri-County area, and um, we're going to be meeting tonight. Of course, they're going to be cooking gumbo and etouffee at 5.30 Central Time, and then 6.30, we're going to move into the sanctuary. We got two preachers, Carlton Cross, a preacher that was invited by our men from Pine Bluff, and then myself, we're going to have song and testimony. But you know the thing that we can't make happen? Call it as we may a revival. We can't make revival happen. That comes from the presence of Jesus in our midst. That comes from the Holy Spirit being poured out by the by the ascended and risen Jesus Christ on these men, on all of us together. Would you pray for us? Would you pray in this way? Uh, we would be so grateful, and I'll be giving you a report soon on that. Well, we got a wrap now. 
I'll say more tomorrow about Sam's play, but uh, we got to hit the field. Grab your seeds. I'll see you out there. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall. 